It's autumn, and that means it's spooky season in Northeast Ohio. Today's Akron Mirror is about dying and what to do with the body. I'm Keith. And I'm Riss. We're speaking with a death doula and a licensed attorney with a background in burial law. Despite the heavy topic, the conversation is casual and free of gory details. We're here with Angela Laxo, a death doula and president of the Astral Dragonfly community. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, great. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'd like to know what a death doula is. So a death doula is a person or persons who um, su- provide support surrounding death and the processes of death and the ideas of death and the anxiety surrounding death. So what does it look like if I am in the hospital and dying? I assume you're not really doing emergency, like, do you do, like, night of calls? I do. Oh, wow. Okay. I do. Well, yeah. ignoring that for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pretend we don't. Ignoring okay. that for now. If um, I have a, a loved one or I myself... You know, somebody said, hey, I, I thought it might be nice to have a death duel come. I guess hopefully I kind of know that that's what's coming. That's not how it's broken to me. Uh, what does it look like then? What uh, When you show up, I guess you introduce yourself and then what happens? Sure. So I show up at all different stages. So mm-hmm. um, typically a I, I get a lot of calls early in a diagnosis, to be honest, when hmm. people start having death anxiety and they want to prepare, they kind of want to know what is going to happen to them, um, different ways people die, the processes, things they should do before they die. Um, I, in, in, when someone is in their final days, I typically provide a lot of social support to the family, um, sort of spiritual and emotional support to the dying. Um, And I kind of, you know, when there's some kind of crisis, people are just kind of like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. There are people who kind of fall away. There are people who are like doing too much. And I kind of just act as a mediary and kind of manage the space, if Mm -hmm. if that's okay. Keep it a safe space. Keep it a sacred space Mm -hmm. and um, manage the space of the dying. What's something that you repeatedly run up against and you just wish people knew or had prepared for and that kind of thing. Like I had classes to go to before our daughter was born, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's not really, as far as I know, classes that you go to before you die or you're like, you know, family member or friend or someone like that passes. Um, Yeah. What's something that you feel like one item that you wish people just sort of like were taught and learned about this process? Well, I would say there are, I'm going to say two. (laughs) I'm going to answer. Um, So I really wish people would get their paperwork in order. Mm. So who you also. (laughs) I'm thinking about healthcare power of attorney. Yeah, I know, right? No, I'm not going to die. Healthcare power of attorney, living will. If you want one, Um, talk to your family. What do you want? Mm. You know, sometimes it's too late. Sometimes when. Um, hospice or an end of life. We often hear in the news, you know, someone goes on hospice and then two days later they die. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that's, um, we want to know what what do you want done? What mm-hmm. do we have? Are Do you want cremated? Do you want buried? And if so, where? Um, and a lot of this is a huge burden on mm-hmm. the family. It's an enormous expense. And to have it taken care of beforehand is very important. Um, and then to tag along with that, I would say, you know, have these conversations with your family. I think that's really important to to take every day as a gift and mm-hmm. to understand that our time here is so fleeting. And I just it 
um, since working in the death care industry, it really, I recognize that daily. You know, when it is a sunny day, I think I said to you when I came in, it's mm -hmm. a sunny day, it's mm -hmm. a great day, you know, to notice that sun and to experience and feel the warmth and um, to really take in the gifts that we get day to day because we will all die. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important to know that while you're living mm -hmm. rather than the last three days of death d or the last three days of life, not to be surprised by it. Yeah. Have you been called, like, a lot of this is also like pre-prepping before mm -hmm. the death. Have you been asked to be at the moment of death? Okay. Yes, I have been. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, I've used the word sacred and I use it all of the time in my work. That's a very sacred space and um, it's always an honor to be asked to be there. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes people, um, the family who's supporting, they get scared or yeah. maybe just unsure or I mean, can I say creeped out? I, you, yeah. know, you don't want to think about that being creeped out when your loved one is dying. But, you know, a person, you know, it's unusual to see a dying person or a dead person and um, know what to do next. Mm -hmm. So because I am not medical, I'm not a medical person, I am just spiritual and emotional, um, I can't call a death. There has to be a hospice nurse mm. who has to come in and call the death or a doctor or um, a medical examiner. Mm -hmm. So I am always sure to have the proper person lined up. Um, if you're familiar with hospice at all, they can send a nurse out at any time to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but often there there is a period of time where the loved one has died and is still in their bed and um, the family is kind of like okay what do we do yeah and so that's when I'm like okay you can um, help them maybe rub lotion on grandma's hands or feet or just say a final goodbye or a lot of cultures um, like to give a do a bathing mm -hmm. and I can help facilitate that um, some people like to bring like essential oils or something that reminds them of like a perfume or something and um, and then we help them say goodbye and leave the body alone and maybe cover it up and then go into the next room and just kind of wait with a dead body in there, which is awkward. That's, <laughs> it's a kind of unusual. So I help kind of keep the conversation moving or just hold space um, for whatever emotions they're feeling. I feel like there's a lot around when somebody is having a relatively natural death, mm -hmm. you know, um, a more common death, if you can say that. There's this period of, like, can they hear me? Sure. You know, and I feel like communication is, like, this kind of key moment for the other people who are there. How do you facilitate that, and how do you talk to somebody who's just like, ah, I, I don't know if he, he can hear me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, I've seen that kind of anxiety happen before. Yes, I believe people can hear you. I, I believe they can hear you. I believe they can pick up on your energy. I believe they can. Um, it's not always responsive, but we often hear from people, even with traumatic brain injuries, you can look up, there, there are many studies that have been done, and they they kind of get the gist of what people have been saying to them. They know they have cheerleaders. They know there's people on their side. So if you are um, in a in the beautiful position to be accompanying someone while they're dying, definitely say your feelings, say them out loud, put that energy into the room, put that energy into the person. 
Yeah, talk to them about whatever. When I am with a person who is dying and not responsive, I um, I often read poetry by Mary Oliver. I think she's beautiful. I think she captured life and living very beautifully in her work. Um, or I have read Harry Potter, or I will read stories from The New Yorker, whatever I have in my bag, just to kind of keep my voice going and to keep like a soothing, kind of nurturing love in the room. That's really sweet. I enjoy reading. Like, that might be, like, a, just a nice service, like a volunteer kind of yes. thing, just to see, like, can I go in there and just, like, if I'm going to read to myself, might as well read to someone else. Yes, and that's a really important thing that you could do. as a So it is, there are um, facilities in our area, mm-hmm. and you can volunteer for them, and they would call it a bedside companion, and you mm-hmm. go in and you just read. Just be verbal and present in there, and so that is... That is a very valuable service. So what are your feelings about Halloween? When I was a kid, people didn't have a bunch of yard decorations like when I was growing up. Right. Um, As a death doula, Uh (laughs) does it feel cringy or like inappropriate to you to see all these like whatever 60 foot skeletons in people's front yards and things <laughs> no no it doesn't at all um i kind of separate it in my mind honestly but i think it's the only way we actually celebrate death mm-hmm. we don't you know in our culture how we we don't really talk about death halloween is the one time where we're like oh yeah i guess i am just a skeleton walking around with <laughs> skin or or spooky things you know i don't like some of the some of the tangents people go off on, I, I don't think they're accurate. I don't think that should, you know, Halloween should be used as education. But I think it's a nice way um, that within our culture we can recognize that there is death. You know, I would just encourage everyone who's listening and, and the both of you to try to have a conversation with someone about death, whether it's a funny conversation or a scary conversation or a new conversation, and just let's let's spread that around. Perfect. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thank you. <laughs> We are here with Marie Moore, a volunteer legal services program staff attorney with Community Legal Aid. Um, Marie, one of the reasons we brought you here is because um, we had read with one of our book groups, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Lessons from the Crematory by Caitlin Doughty. In the book, she is a huge advocate for death rights and knowing what your legal rights are, which differ state by state. Yes. So there's lots of questions within that. But one of the first ones is, um, is embalming required in Ohio? It is not, as a general rule, if there are, there, there are certain communicable diseases that would require um, cremation mm-hmm. within 24 hours. Mm. So you can imagine something that's highly communicable, um, that person needs to be cremated in a crematorium mm-hmm. to contain the spread of the, the disease. But generally speaking, no. Especially if you're being cremated, you do not have to be involved, embalmed. And the and the most recent information I've read is that people are opting out of embalming mm-hmm. more now than they did in the past. Yeah, and I think that there's the author Caitlin Dotty. She's one of the forefronts of like green and natural burials. Mm-hmm. 
And so a lot of these questions are kind of going around that. Because with that, is a casket required for burial or cremation? A casket is not required for burial. Okay. And if we're going to talk about green burials, yeah. I live in Wayne County. So it's about 30 miles southwest of Akron. Mm-hmm. In Wayne County, there is a green cemetery. There are actually several in northeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. But you can be... Um, Basically, they just bury, uh, dig a hole and bury you there, mm-hmm. um, your body. You can also, there are options to be placed in like a large pod that a tree uh, ah. is, is basically planted in. And then they plant, you know, you, the big pod in the ground yeah. and the tree grows and that's, you know, becomes sort of representative of you. Yeah. Well, and then, so, because there are states then like is it legal to carry a dead body across state lines if i want to find a state that has for instance i think funeral pyres are not legal in ohio (laughs) right so so there's a couple of considerations for that too right so um we know that the the human body when it burns smells really bad (laughs) right it's really hard to burn a human body it takes a lot of intense heat for a fairly lengthy period of time yeah so we know that as well so if you're doing that in your backyard you're probably going to have the police (laughs) (laughs) call to your house so (laughs) it probably doesn't look good for evidence it does not and and you know deaths still have to be registered Mm -hmm. so while you can bury someone on your property and we can talk about that a little bit more in a minute yeah um, the question would certainly arise if you have a funeral pyre, was that person murdered and you're getting rid of evidence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what's going on with that? So, yeah, it's probably not a good idea to to go that way. Assuming we didn't murder someone. Yes. Um, what are the rules with regard to like, oh, there's another state that offers um, what sort of considerations do you need if you're going to take somebody to uh, another area for well, or take their body. So the number one consideration. So if we're talking practicality, yes, mm-hmm. is that it's the body is probably not refrigerated when you're driving. Mm-hmm. So decompo- decomposition happens immediately upon death. It begins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why bodies are refrigerated and and to slow down that process, especially yeah. if you're going to have a viewing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the big consideration. Like if you're going to go across state lines, you, you, you probably need to move pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you can. Um, it's always good to check uh, with a funeral home and see if there's a permit process where you are. Okay. Mm. Um, some years ago when I was in private practice, um, I had clients come to me and they wanted to disinter the child that was deceased, mm-hmm. which means that child was buried and they wanted to un, you know, dig the, the casket up and transport to another funeral home. Mm-hmm. And so I had to look into the process and you can, you have to go through the township trustees where the cemetery is. You mm-hmm. have to get a permit. Okay. Once you have all that stuff, yep. You can just load the casket in your car and drive and, and, and bury that casket. But again, you know, you yeah. have to be aware that the human body is yeah. going to be decomposing. And... Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that it makes me think, you know, if I had a relative who's deceased and maybe there are certain options that weren't available at the time, but you just sort of feel like they would have really liked being shot up into a rocket into space or something. Can Stardust. you go? Yeah. Like, can you go 
to you know move them? It was not a difficult process. Probably ten years ago, mm-hmm. and I can't. The process hasn't changed. It mm-hmm. was not a difficult process to petition the township trustees, mm-hmm. get the permit, and then. Um, there was obviously a cost involved with mm-hmm. applying for the permit and then digging up the casket. Mm-hmm. Now, ashes in an urn, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can disinter that. Sometimes um, ash uh, urns are buried in the ground. Sometimes they're in what's called a columbarium, mm-hmm. so a niche in the columbarium. Those can be disinterred. In fact, um, I heard of a couple within the last month because they wanted put them. They wanted to inter them. Um, or spread their ashes elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, simple process. Gotcha. And um, are there, because you had mentioned scattering ashes, are there restrictions or regulations on where I can scatter the ashes of a loved one? I did not. Uh, I double-checked. Mm-hmm. There are no restrictions that I saw okay. as far as legally. Okay. Now, if you're going to go to your next-door neighbor's house and, and spread the ashes, Either get permission or do it in the middle of the night because yeah. they may that may dis- disturb them. <laughs> yeah, um, I know I had some friends who scattered ashes up on uh, Lake Erie. Yeah, and it was a public beach, mm-hmm. and it was but it was private. They weren't advertising, so they were discreet about it. Okay, so I think discretion is um, <laughs> a big key. Okay, but no, I didn't see any no no limitations. Good to know. You had also mentioned that you need to register a death. So, um, for instance, I know my partner wants to be buried. Um, his family owns land in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to have to take that body across. Um, right. And on his yeah. own private land. You're right. really assuming he's dying before you here. Very interesting. Yes. I'm glad we've got the recording going. <laughs> it is interesting how people talk about that and the order of things. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. we never, I would say never, it's it's hard for people to talk about their own death yeah. and what they want to have done when they die. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I was in private practice, I had to deal with that all the time. Because yeah. like, people would say, well, if anything ever, ever happened to my parents... Well, you know something's going to happen to them. Yeah, like they're, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not going. They're not the immortals on the earth. Yes. So anyway, so Pennsylvania, I don't know. Okay. You were going to ask, I think, about a private oh, burial. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to. State law is probably going to vary to some degree about mm-hmm. burials. Okay. But in Ohio, you can bury someone on your property. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's not uncommon, especially back in the whatever. 1800s that people had family cemeteries Mm -hmm. those you need to check with zoning um and with the 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 township or the county to see what regulations they would have Mm -hmm. because cemeteries do have regulations themselves yeah um also again um when you bury a body there's no regulation that that body is buried six feet under Hmm. but if you're burying a body on your property you need to be mindful of the fact that there are still wild animals in this state Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't want that to be a consideration yeah so as much as i might get tired and be like i think this is good enough legally i should dig a little further yeah and right there's no six foot burial requirement but maybe again as a practical matter you want to dig a little bit deeper i would suggest a backhoe that's what (laughs) that's what i would suggest yeah so if I have a sort of untrustworthy family member, do I have any legal recourse? Like if I have something very specific that I want done, is there any way, you know, like don't embalm me, don't have an open casket funeral, don't 
you know, I, I really want to be, I have specifics that I want. Am I just out of luck if they decide like, this is what we want? First thing, I always recommend that people have someone trustworthy as their executor or executrix. And mm-hmm. that's who you put in charge of taking care of what's happening with your will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, you know, you lay out what you want to have happen, what you don't want to have happen. You make sure that's communicated. And then you do kind of cross your fingers that they're going to follow that. Mm-hmm. The best way to make sure that your wishes are granted on that re- in that respect is mm-hmm. to pre-plan your service. Mm-hmm. So you go to a local funeral home and say, this is what I want. And okay. they will keep that on file. Okay. So... I've seen that people didn't want a memorial service, and yeah. then the family still wants to have something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a minor infla- infraction. The memorial service is for the living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably the easiest way to make sure what happens happens. That makes sense. And mm-hmm. legally, I'm allowed to like haunt the hell out of them if they mess it up. <laughs> you know, I, I would say, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't think our laws cool. go into the afterlife. So Cool. <laughs> And secondary question, does a grave have to be marked by a grave marker? It does not. Okay. I researched that. Yeah. Um, Cemeteries, uh, so let me back up. So there was a related question that Mm -hmm. y'all had about um, indigent burials. Yes. Okay. So if there's an indigent person, and indigent just is a word for poor, that dies in a city Mm -hmm. or a county, Mm you know, out in the county, not in the city. The city and the county have a responsibility to bury that person if no one comes forward and claims the body. Mm-hmm. If an indigent person comes forward and claims the body, they still have a responsibility to bury. Mm-hmm. In my experience, when I worked for the city of Akron some years ago, 25 plus years ago, um, the, the cemeteries that we worked with... Um, stacked the bodies in the grave so they would di- they had a whole section this is where our indigent people are buried mm-hmm. you can imagine it's not the the prime rolling hills and things right it's not yeah. the prime real estate yeah. but um they would they would bury they would put them in a simple casket and they would bury them but mm-hmm. those graves were all unmarked mm-hmm. You might have six people, four people stacked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it probably sounds crass for me to say that, but that's just the reality. Yeah. Um, so, but then if you buried someone in your on your property, you might not want to immortalize that if you're going to yeah. sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, there doesn't have to be. Most people want to mark, mm-hmm. you know, so they can go back and visit. But a green burial in yes. particular, if you're going to mark it, it's got to be... Um, unobtrusive mm-hmm. so it doesn't affect the the view you know the yeah. the environment yeah not not the environment like the physical but just like the vibe yeah right mm-hmm. so you don't want this enormous fountain yeah mem- uh, commemorating someone who's passed away when everybody just wants to be there and see the grass and the trees and the plants yeah mm-hmm. so it yeah. has to be in keeping but no it does not have to be marked okay so you don't i don't have to carve someone's name into a tree that's growing from the pod <laughs> no you, you do not <laughs> good to know and i i was looking at that and i thought i don't want to be buried in a pod where in, in case the tree dies you know or the oh, tree gets right. knocked over like i i don't want that <laughs> yeah there are a lot of considerations. Yeah. I think yeah. if you want that, you need to research mm-hmm. it and, and put it in your will. This mm-hmm. is who you contact, and this is how it happens. Can I 
grow a fruit tree? Ugh. <laughs> um, I think that's a really interesting question. But the better question is, would anyone eat the fruit yeah. from right. the fruit tree? Yeah. Um, I would probably not. Because mm-hmm. we know the tree's getting where the tree is getting a lot of nutrients. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to either. No. <laughs> you know, when you start talking about yeah. death and burial yeah. and things like that, um, and we're and we're laughing. I think that's appropriate. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, because human beings have been dying and burying and have whatever their traditions are for thousands of years. Yeah. So um, they didn't all get it wrong. <laughs> yes. Right. Thanks so much for joining us yes, today. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> For further information on end-of-life planning and forms, go to the Summit County Probate Courts page at summitohioprobate.com. If you or a loved one is experiencing grief after the death of a loved one, check out free grief support groups in Northeast Ohio by searching 211summit.org or contact the library for other options in the community. Akron Mirror is a podcast from the Akron Summit County Public Library. If you have any other questions for reference librarians like Riss and I, give us a call at 330-643-9000 and have a happy Halloween. <laughs>